Well folks, we're back and uh, it's just great to gather together again. I just want to say a massive thank you to Johnny and Laura Farrell. What a stunning job they have done over the last four weeks picking up the teaching. What an incredible backdrop they had with the bricks and the lights and it just looks so professional. And from week one, Chantel and I looked at it going, oh my goodness, they have just upped it a level. Uh, we're recording from our venue 29 and uh, we have our nice work top counter and some nice kind of tiles down here. And, and uh, it's the best that we felt that we could do. But that's not the point. The point is just to continue to gather together and uh, just seek God's face and, and hear his voice and see his leading. And I want to share just a brief story as we introduce into the next five weeks teaching. And that's simply last Sunday afternoon, I was out with a friend and many of you will know that I enjoy getting out and about and adventuring and what have you. And my, my friend Richard and I went on our mountain bikes to a new location for us. And that was Bally Bolly Forest, uh, the other side of Ballymure for, for those of us who live in Carrickfergus. And I've been there once before walking the dog, but hadn't really ventured too far and hadn't seen all the various tracks and trails and places where you could go. And, and so the two of us ventured out with very little uh, knowledge of the place, no map, just a, an awareness that somewhere kind of over this sort of direction was a reservoir. And uh, there were a number of tra trails that would lead us that way. And I tell you, for an hour and a half, I was just loving life. I was, it was in my sweet spot. Uh, together with someone else who, who, who is very similar in the same kind of way, and we just went, the two of us, into the unknown with a general sense of direction, but not really quite knowing what we were going to discover along the way. And there were trails that we went down that you'd think, my goodness me, it would be hard enough to walk down that, let alone try and get a bike down it. Uh, on three occasions, I fell off my bike, uh, which is quite rare. Uh, but uh, and each time it was very, very slowly. It was just so, so difficult. And there were moments when we were going along a particular trail, it's like, mm, I'm not so sure this is a good way, and we had to turn around and go back. And there were other times when we got to kind of what looked like a, a sort of a junction, and you kind of had to make a decision, do we go this way or do we go that way? And along the way, we, we saw and we found some just brilliant, amazing places. And we, we got to a real high point, and there were times when we looked across and we're like, goodness, that looks like across the way to Belfast and then we saw this bit of body of water and we're thinking because that can't be the sea that that must be Loch Ney and, and then we saw across towards sort of the land direction and it's just all these different things that had we not ventured out and had we not gone for it we would never have experienced the things that we had and like all uh, good explorers or explorations it is uh, it has the, the, the degree of uncertainty and unknown. It requires one to, to, to go forwards, to push, to encounter. And sometimes the destination itself actually isn't the important thing. It's what you discover along the way. And with this in mind, I, I just saw some, some parallels, some, some distinctions between, between that which was a fun activity to uh, something that which isn't really that fun. And that's what we're all continuing to experience as we continue to journey and live through the impact of the coronavirus. We don't know how the story will end. We don't know 
what is to come in the next few weeks, let alone uh, the future. We just don't know. We've experienced and we've come so far, but we're at a junction point. We're at a stage where we're like, goodness, what does the future hold for us? And what I thought would be really helpful over the next few weeks is to look at a number of chapters from the Exodus story. So we're going to be looking today and the next four weeks at Exodus chapters 13 to 20. And that period is the period of when Moses leads the people of Israel out of captivity right the way through to Sinai, which is this mountain where Moses goes and encounters God and where God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. And so that's where we are and that's where we're going. So first week... Let's try and put this into some sort of context. The people of Israel, the God's special people, chosen people, they have relocated themselves, geographically speaking, from their land to the land and the people of Egypt during the time of Joseph, which you could read about in the latter chapters of Genesis. And they're there as a people, and they, they, they thrive, but they multiply in number as well. And at the Pharaoh, who is the leader, of the people of Egypt begins to see this people as a threat. And so whilst the Israelites were, were, were welcome foreigners, they actually ended up becoming subject to the Egyptians and they were uh, enslaved and they were put to work and they built many incredible buildings which many of them still stand today, which we probably would have learned about in primary school at some point. But they're enslaved, and, and so God uses uh, his chosen person, Moses, to lead the people out of captivity. And uh, we can pick up that story uh, in Exodus uh, chapter 13. It says this, In days to come, when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. They've encountered uh, ten plagues, or the people of Egypt have encountered ten plagues. And finally, Pharaoh says, yes, you can go. As Moses, uh, those well-known words, let my people go. The people have, uh, Pharaoh has given Moses and the people permission to leave and to go. And Moses says to the people, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Their adventure is just to begin. It's to land, uh, to, sorry, to leave the place of, uh, to a certain degree, safety and security, even though they were in bondage and enslaved, to this new land, to this, to this place that God would eventually uh, lead them to. But in many ways, they're stepping as a people into the unknown. Where are they heading? How will it end? And, uh, and so the journey begins. Continuing, in, uh, continuing on, Exodus 13, verse 17. Pharaoh lets the people go. God did not lead them, though, on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. Skipping to verses 21 and 22. By day... The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. 
neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. To begin with, they have not gone the short and probably obvious route. Had they have gone there, they may have encountered uh, a degree of conflict and war. And at that point, they may have changed their mind and decided to return and go back. And as we get navigate this time, I imagine uh, that many of us, we may have gone down certain, junk, uh, certain trails. We may have uh, decided to uh, start a new habit, a good habit, uh, maybe one towards uh, healthy eating or towards exercise, or it could be to read the Bible in a more consistent way. Many of you will have developed new practices, new rhythms in life. Perhaps in your work life, you have uh, been working from home, which is very different than getting into the car and driving an hour to your workplace or what have you. Uh, some of you may have picked up with old friendships and that has been uh, a source of, uh, of life and encouragement. Some of you may have gone to the place where you begin to look uh, underneath uh, the shadow of, of, of the pain of the things that have been going on in our lives. And we've, we've made some really good and healthy choices and yet what often happens is we come to a place where actually to keep going is actually really difficult. We encounter a degree of hardship, a degree of, oh, it's just too hard, or, or we actually get out of the way of it. And it's all too easy, isn't it, to kind of turn around and just return back to what we know is safe and what we know is comfortable. And that often isn't uh, the best way. Um, where are we? <laughs> So I guess the question is, what would be really helpful is, well, you know, where is God leading us? What is he saying? What is he doing in our lives? Uh, sorry, I missed a bit there. Um, God physically and literally leads the people through a fire at night and a cloud during the day. You can imagine it, can't you? There's, there's hordes, hundreds, thousands of people being led physically uh, by what they see in the sky and literally following that lead. That leads us to asking those questions. What is it that God is doing in our lives? What is he saying? Where during this time is he leading? Being totally honest and truthful with you. Uh, uh, it's, it's really hard to know, isn't it? At this moment in time, what is the best way forwards? What could we be doing? Should we be doing? How should we be living our lives? Because truthfully we don't know what things might look like in a week's time two weeks time a month's time what's it going to look like when everyone returns to school in September how is that going to impact my life your life our church's life the businesses the communities everything that's going on in many ways we just don't know and so it's important that we do take time and we listen to the father to listen to his voice and just continue to follow his lead in many ways on a daily basis to see where uh, we should be and where we should be going. So the people of Israel, uh, they're following the cloud, they're following the fire and uh, they begin to grumble. Why? Because uh, Pharaoh's changed his mind. He's had a U-turn on his thinking and his decision making and he's like, 
goodness, why did I let those people go? They're our workforce, they're our laborers. Let's uh, jump on our chariots and chase after them. And so he chooses 600 of the best chariots or charioteers or whatever they were called and soldiers and they, they get on board and they go chasing after the Israelites. And uh, we read this in 14, Exodus 14, 10 to 12. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. I mentioned earlier, when we were out on the bikes just last Sunday, there, were, there was one occasion when we just went down this path and it, it, it became decision time. What do we do? Do we continue to pursue and go down what wasn't even a path? Or is it time to turn back and go back the way that we'd come? On that particular occasion, I'll be honest, we, we did what we thought in that moment was the best thing. We turned around and we did go back the other way. But there were other times when we got to a place and we're like, goodness, ah, just not sure what it's like. And we, we made the decision, no, we just don't know what's around the corner. Something really incredible could be there. Let's continue. And we did that. And uh, boy, did we uh, experience some really uh, class things as, as we did that. And so there are decision-making uh, things in life when we have to make these decisions in this particular context. And the people begin grumbling. They go, do you know what? Life was better serving the Egyptians, being enslaved. At least we got our food. At least we got our drink. At least we knew where we were. And yet God was leading them out of that place of slavery. But it required a degree of hardship on the route. It required a degree of uncertainty of how we're going to get there and what it's going to look like. But the promise and the, uh, the, the hope of a brighter future along the way was to come. They begin to grumble and Moses turns and says this to the people. He says, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Goodness, for some of us listening to those words, that potentially could be just the very word of the Lord that you need to hear today. You only need to be still and let him fight. And in many ways, that doesn't require any movement or action actually on our part. What it's inviting us into is a posture of just waiting and remaining, but abiding in our relationship with him and trusting him to work out whatever it is that we are needing, wanting, desiring to work out. I think for many of us, during this period what God's really teaching us is will we trust him will we trust him for today and will we trust him for tomorrow so many of the ways in which we have sought to create comfort in our lives and have a degree of control of what life looks like today and in our futures 
so many of those things are being removed from our lives and we're in many ways powerless and, and not in control and during those things and that will look differently for different people but God is beckoning us and inviting us will you trust me God does the miracle the Egyptians are pursuing the Israelites but God does just the most incredible miracle it's one of the most amazing stories in the Bible that we read the people of God they're pinned to the shores of the sea the Red Sea there is only one way and that's across it and God does the most incredible miracle that day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore and when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses' servant. I forgot to mention God parted the waters of the sea. But sure you knew that already. You can imagine it. God tells or instructs Moses to lift his staff and with his hand and with that commands the seas and the waters part and we've seen uh, the Prince of Egypt maybe or other animation or other films over the years and the people of Israel, they march through, they walk and they cross the sea on land underneath them with waters parted. The Egyptians pursue them. And during that, uh, as Israel have, have crossed, God brings the waters together. And the Egyptians, as I've just read uh, ahead of time here, um, that they were swept up and they were not saved. At that point, at that moment, the Israelites are free. They are separated. They are out of the control and the power and the hand of the Egyptians. This is known as deliverance, being set free. And this very same theme is a theme that then continues to run through the scriptures. As we read through the Old Testament, uh, right the way through to the beginning of the New Testament, which is then fulfilled, obviously, through the cross of Jesus. This uh, redemption of uh, out of uh, out of bondage out of slavery of the things that hold us and keep us and they are all done with with the power of the cross of God's deliverance to mankind forever and ever but of course we live uh, in the kingdom now and the kingdom not yet and that means that Satan's rule and reign still has power here on earth and that is clearly displayed through the coronavirus but we are his people we are God's people and we are the ones who continue to hope, we continue to put our trust in him and he is the one that will lead us through. Uh, the, the, the name of this theme of these next five weeks is through the exodus. It's going through. This is not a time uh, that we're going to live forever and ever. We will look back at some point in time. We will reflect. We will remember those days. And remember that the destination of this, uh, of this time that we're in is not necessarily the important thing. It's what God does in us and through us along the journey that is the important thing. What is it that he's doing? What is it that he's saying? And simply want to encourage, hold tight, stand firm, keep going. God bless.